What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Consider us your midweek rest stop as we broadcast episode 252 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Joe Torre episode? Joe Torre. Joe Torre had a terrific Major League Baseball career as a player. He was the MVP of the National League in 1971 when he led the league in both batting average and RBI while a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Nine-time All-Star. Then he became a manager right after his playing days were done. Didn't do too well with the Mets. Didn't do too well with the Braves. Had a short stint with the Cardinals. And then wound up as the manager of the New York Yankees and guided them to four World Series championships in the 1990s and closed out his career as manager of the Dodgers. Joe Torre is the only man in Major League Baseball history to have over 2,000 hits and 2,000 wins as a manager, but he also had 252 career home runs, and that's why episode 252 is forever known as the Joe Torre episode. was Is he considered uh, the winningest coach? Is there someone that has more than four the, the, World Series? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are. Uh, Casey Stengel had many more as a Yankee manager. Joe McCarthy during his days. How about most World Series wins as a coach? And Joe McCarthy and Casey Stengel. Uh, McCarthy had seven titles. So did Stengel. So there you have it. Okay. Family Broadcasting Corporation, in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports, and who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but 
Somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! Dabo Sweeney calling it college football at its best. Would you agree? Well, top five matchups during the regular season. This is the second one we'll have this year. Alabama and Georgia played each other when they were ranked in the top five. And now number one, Clemson comes to number four, Notre Dame. Saturday night at the stadium, and I think Dabo's very excited. It's his first time at Notre Dame as a coach or as ever, and so I think he's excited to be here. He's one who appreciates the traditions of college football. He's looking forward to being inside Notre Dame Stadium, seeing touchdown Jesus, everything that comes with it. You have to remember one of Dabo's uh, confidants at Clemson is a fellow named Tim Beret, who was the longtime sports information director down there. Tim Beret is a Notre Dame grad, and so I'm sure Tim has filled Dabo's head with all of these stories of Notre Dame football over the years. Take pandemic off the table. Would this be one of the most hyped games in the last five years? Try the last 15. 15? Yeah. Okay. This would be the most hyped game since the Bush-Push-USC game of 2005. Now, Georgia, three years ago, there was some hype behind that because it was their first time here at the stadium. It was an SEC school. They were bringing a lot of fans. There would have been a lot of Clemson fans coming in for this one or trying to come in for this one. Uh, so, yes, there. if we didn't have the pandemic, if it were business as usual, there would be an incredible buzz about town this week. Okay. So we'll break down the game a little bit more Friday, but really it's interesting because Clemson has this terrific running back, Travis Etienne. He is the best running back in ACC history. Brian Kelly Monday called him the best running back in college football. He goes up against a Notre Dame run defense that has been outstanding so far this year. So what's that matchup going to be like? The strength of Clemson's defense is its secondary. The weakness of Notre Dame's offense is its passing game. So you would anticipate that Notre Dame is going to try to run the ball a lot against Clemson, specifically because the Tiger defense is banged up. Their best linebacker, Skalski, is out with a groin injury. They have one defensive lineman that won't be able to play the first half because he was tossed from the last game for targeting. They have another one that's kind of banged up. There's a question as to whether he'll play. But Brian Kelly made the point. If you look at Clemson's depth chart, even if you go down four or five deep on it, they've got big-time players. They're getting five-star recruits. There are nine five-star recruits on the Clemson roster. Notre Dame has two. So that gives you an idea. And then, of course, there's the question about the quarterback, DJ Uyangalale. As he plays instead of Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence will be with the team. He'll be on the sideline. His COVID virus will no longer be at the infectious stage then, so he will be able to travel. He will not have followed all the uh, or completed all the COVID pro- protocols to return to play. Could there be any way he'd get in the game Saturday night? No, no. 
that they have to keep him out because he will not have completed the cardiology protocols. One wonders them. if in the world of pandemic and COVID, then why would you have him travel? Let's get him 100%. Well, because he can kind of be a sideline coach for DJ Uyangalale and help him through some situations. Okay. That, I mean, it kind of gives you an extra coach on the sideline. I'd put him up with in a booth I, just to be safe. I mean, traveling and airplanes. and But he's past the infectious stage. The, the recovery part for the COVID, if it were just you or I having to return to work, he would have completed his time by then. It's the cardiology part that he has not completed yet that is required for athletes. Okay. So he's not going to infect anybody. But I mean, being infected himself, you know, shaking hands with the wrong person on Saturday night. He's probably not going to shake hands with anybody. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I guess we will. (laughs) And you're doing a countdown to kickoff from the stadium. Yeah, it'll be 6 o'clock Saturday night because NBC has its own pregame show. So 6 to 7 for countdown to kickoff Saturday night. You'll get a full 90 minutes between WNDU and NBC of pregame coverage. Okay. Well, we carry Purdue games here at uh, the radio station that we are employed by, but unfortunately this Saturday, uh, the Boilermakers have been sidelined. While we talk about COVID with Trevor Lawrence, it's certainly a case with the Wisconsin Badgers who have 22 active COVID cases on their roster. So for the second straight week, the Badgers will not be in action. They missed their game with Nebraska last week. They will miss the game with Purdue this week. By the way, in case you're wondering... You have to play a minimum of six games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship. Well, right now, that's where Clemson would be. They will have missed two games. They could get in six this year. And Wisconsin. Still qualify, or Wisconsin. Uh, they would still qualify for the Big Ten Championship. Now, the question comes up, though, because Purdue is 2-0, Northwestern is 2-0 in the division, and Wisconsin sits there at 1-0. What happens... If we get to the end of the year and let's say Purdue beats Northwestern next Saturday night and the Boilermakers are sitting there undefeated in their division and Wisconsin is sitting there undefeated in their division at the end of the year, okay, what happens? How do you decide who goes to the Big Ten championship game? Because the Big Ten is not going to punish a team just because it had the virus. So they're going to look and they're going to see, well, how did these teams do when they played teams outside their own division? And it basically, as I read the tiebreaker right now, it boils down to your opponents in the other division and what their record is. So let's say Purdue went undefeated and they beat um, Penn State. In the other division. I don't even know Purdue plays Penn State, but I'm just using them for the sake of argument. And let's say Wisconsin went undefeated, but they played in the other division. They beat um, Rutgers. Well, whichever team had the better record, Penn State or Rutgers, would determine which one of those teams got to the Big Ten championship game. It's, It's a mess. It's a hot mess is what it is. You're being brought in as special consultant to the Big Ten meeting to figure this out. What one thing are they missing that you're not reading about that could maybe fix this situation? 
personally, I think if the team played more games, and I understand it's not Wisconsin's fault that it got COVID, right? But if Purdue goes seven and zero, and Wisconsin goes six and zero, well, Purdue had to beat more teams. They should get to go to the Big Ten championship game. It's not their fault that Wisconsin got COVID, right? That's that's my opinion. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, does not care what my opinion is. You never know. The phone might ring. No, I don't think so. Uh, let's stay in Purdue world and talk about Larry Clisby for a minute. Oh, the Cliss. What a, what a classy guy. A guy that absolutely loves Purdue basketball. And Purdue basketball loves him. Matt Painter, the head coach of Purdue, has picked up, I'm not going to say a sizable portion of the tab on Larry's medical problems, but he's picked mm. up some of it. And um, and I know Gene Cady has stepped up. That Purdue basketball family loves Clisby. I loved hearing Larry call games because <clears throat> Larry Larry was very honest. I mean, if a Purdue player was not putting forth effort, he was not tolerating that. And, uh, of course, very rarely under Matt Painter that a Purdue player is allowed to play if he's not putting forth effort. And Larry loved three-pointers. Bullseye was his uh, trademark call. And Do you remember Larry's color guy back in the late 90s? Lanny Sego. Lanny Sego. Because I could have sworn in the management at my previous station, Bob, Bob Ford was Bob, the, Ford. Bob Ford was the TV voice. TV of voice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting having Bob Ford in town at a basically a Notre Dame station. Oh being yeah, a Purdue guy, Purdue grad, former Purdue player, man, Purdue player. That's yeah. right. A couple of pictures of him hanging up in the uh, in the basketball arena. But Cliz will be missed at Mackey. Rob Gold or Rob uh, Blackman, excuse me, <laughs> Black and Gold. Rob Blackman will be the new play-by-play voice. He basically took over those duties last year. Cliz has been battling brain cancer. I met him a couple of years ago down at a uh, Indiana broadcasters meeting. Great guy, fighting the good fight, but it's it's taken its toll on him, and he decided this is a good time to step away at the end of 40 years. Let's talk Chicago Bears, probably smarting still from a Saints loss, but they've got a COVID problem now. They've got a COVID problem. They had offensive line problems going in. Bobby Massey got hurt early in the game against the Saints on Sunday. So the center had already been hurt, so Sam Mustafer is filling in center. When Bobby Massey went down, Jason Spriggs came off the bench. That name sound familiar? Well, he played at Concord. He played at IU. Local kid. He's had problems with injuries throughout his career, but this time it's not an injury. He's sidelined with COVID-19. And then another Bears lineman has to sit because of the close contact that he's had with Spriggs. So basically the Bears are running already running three of their second-team linemen out there. And, man, they are thin on the offensive line to begin with, and it's even worse now. So you wonder if they'll able be able to get any kind of running game going for David Montgomery. You wonder what the protection's going to be like for Nick Foles and how Matt Nagy is going to try to circumvent the problem of a patchwork offensive line as the Bears go forward. 
How about the Colts, Chuck Freebie? Well, the Colts play the Ravens on Sunday, and the problem there is, well, it's not a problem for the Colts. It's a problem for the Ravens. Uh, they're all-pro secondary guy. Um, the name's there on the sheet. Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey. Uh, their all-pro secondary guy is sidelined with COVID, and they have seven close contacts with Marlon Humphrey. Now, it's possible because it's early in the week. Those close contacts will go through testing They'll get tested, they'll be negative, and they can come back and play. But there's nothing guaranteed in there. So when you take a look at that, Baltimore really appears as though it's going to be shorthanded going into the game with the Colts on Sunday. And, you know, the Colts are playing well right now. They're 5-2. and two. They're tied for first in the AFC South. Both of those teams are jockeying for playoff position. It's a big game Sunday between the Colts and the Ravens. Some baseball news as the Golden Gloves were handed out. Well, no surprise here that Anthony Rizzo gets another one. It's the fourth of his career. There's only four Cubs that have won more gold gloves than Anthony Rizzo. He's a terrific defensive first baseman. I can't tell you how many throws from KB and Baez and the rest of them he has saved over the years and made them look good. And, of course, he's terrific on catching pop-ups, especially in foul territory. Javi Baez gets his first gold glove. My wife was uh, taken aback that it was really Javi's first gold glove because he's been such a defensive star since he's come into the league. But the problem is he'd usually rotate between positions. Last year, he played shortstop the whole season, and it showed. So he gets the gold glove at that position. He is the first Cubs shortstop to win a gold glove in 50 years. Now, you may remember Sean Dunstan oh, from yes. back in the day. I remember that name. A lot of people felt like he deserved to be a gold glove shortstop. He had that powerful arm from short, would come up with some beautiful plays. Unfortunately for Sean, he played at the same time as a fellow by the name of Ozzie Smith played for the Cardinals, who's probably the best defensive shortstop who ever played. So that's why Sean wasn't winning any gold gloves. Do you remember... The name Don Kessinger from your youth. Yes, yes. He was a Cubs shortstop in 69 and 70. He won a gold glove. The only other Cubs shortstop to win a gold glove was in 1960, a fellow by the name of Ernie Banks. So uh, what is the golden glove defined as? as an You are the best defensive player at that position. Okay. The White Sox have one, too. His name is Luis Robert, and he becomes the first White Sox rookie to ever win a gold glove, which... You know, you think of the history of the White Sox, and they've had some pretty good defensive players over the years. Nellie Fox, Louis Aparicio, players like that. None of them ever won the gold glove as a rookie. Luis Robert has. Why don't you touch on uh, girls basketball? That kicked off last night. Yeah. South Bend, Washington is ranked number 19. They come out guns a-blazing, and they beat Plymouth by a count of 63-47. to So a solid win for Steve Reynolds' squad to start the year. And then Concord, they've got a wonderful player by the name of Kendall Squirt out. Uh, Cassie Cepeda's team had no problems with New Prairie. 71-45, New Prairie kind of in a rebuilding year this year. So uh, for Concord, that's a, a good way to start. Adams was supposed to open up tonight, but they have had to cancel their game with Boone Grove because they scrimmaged Portage over the weekend. Portage has to sit because of a COVID problem. Uh, apparently... The player uh, was active with COVID during the scrimmage. So as a precaution, 
Adams is sitting this one out, and they will try to reschedule the game with Boone Grove to later in the year. They are now scheduled to open their season against Concord on Saturday. Let's end on a congratulatory headline. A man by the name of John Smolinski. He lives one, two, three, four, five, six doors down from me in the beautiful Cross Creek neighborhood, or at least grew up. His parents live six doors down from me. Johnny Smolinski has been, oh, so active in, in the baseball community, and he's been a longtime JV coach at St. Joe under John Gumpf. John Gumpf decided to retire or resign the baseball position this year because his son Brady will be playing at the University of Notre Dame, and he wants to be able to see Brady's games. Can't see Brady's games during the baseball season if he's coaching his own team. So John Gumpf decided to hang it up, and John Smolinski moves up from JV head coach to varsity head coach at St. Joe and takes over a program that has had a lot of success in recent years, including a state title. So we'll see what he is able to do with the Indians. But that's a nice move for a very talented young coach who is well-respected in the area. I have a favor for Friday's episode. Okay. I have a feeling this is going to be a uh, one of these games this weekend where people will get together any way they can to watch because it's a big game. Can I have some like one-liners where I can kind of sneak them into the conversation to make it sound like I know a thing or two about football, okay. about this particular game? Like I can give a little something and then fade back into the food line. You, you want me to slip you one now? Yeah, give me, give me a, give me an appetizer. Okay, Dabo Sweeney, when he was he started his coaching career as an assistant at Alabama, and the strength coach at that time at Alabama, was a fellow by the name of Rich Wingo who grew up in Elkhart, played at Elkhart High School, and then went on to play at Alabama and for the Green Bay Packers. He worked as the strength coach and then took a job um, with an investment group down in Alabama and offered a job to Dabo Sweeney. Dabo declined the job, stuck with coaching, and has now become one of the higher-paid head coaches in the United States. Nice. But there's a brush with local people. Rich Wingo, the strength coach at Alabama when Dabo Sweeney was an assistant there. Okay. Let's end on a round of underrated, overrated. The people are talking, and they like this segment. You want to start? Uh, I brought this up yesterday to Chuck to give him a chance to think about it, to let it percolate a little bit. I will go with the band known... As uh, Toto. Oh. Can you feel it? Huge song. Africa, Hold the Line. Yeah. Rosanna. Underrated, overrated. Toto. I'm going to go overrated. How so? Well, yes, Rosanna and and Africa is probably their largest hit. I would imagine, although this one did pretty well. Yeah. But really, the body of work over the period of time just just doesn't do it for me. Okay. I, I think they're not one-hit wonders. I'll give them that. But I just don't think they have enough of a body of work where I sit there and I say, if Toto came to town, you know, if, if Toto in its prime came to town, would I say, I have to be there? No, nah, not really little behind the scenes for you. Toto is what you would call a studio band. Mm -hmm. A bunch of guys that were studio players on massive records. 
but then they got together and did their own thing. So Steve Lukather, everybody talks about Beat It by Michael Jackson sure. because of the Eddie Van Halen solo, but every other guitar piece, that's Steve Lukather. Lead singer of Toto, a young man by the name of Williams, son of John Williams. Oh, sure. Every yeah. soundtrack movie yeah. ever. Um, I would say underrated. I'm going to push back just a, a, a tad. Uh, just because they didn't have radio hits a mundo doesn't mean they were fantastic. They weren't fantastic. I'd say underrated. But how does a band get the label of fantastic if they don't have hits? Well, what's defined as a hit just because it wasn't on the radio? I mean, Africa maybe makes you go buy the whole record and you fall in love with the record as a whole. I got you. I don't know that you've probably ever heard the whole album that has Africa on it. I think you'd be impressed. Okay. Yeah. Let me throw one back at you. All right. ACDC. Oh, my gosh. Those guys are so in their wheelhouse. You know exactly what you're going to get with them. Mm -hmm. You know, slightly creative, off-color, locker room lyrics. Uh, It's that same guitar sound, cranked to 11, uh, amplifier stuck next to a wall, and then Mike to get that kind of muffled, yeah. Man. Underrated. Underrated, really? Underrated. They they deserve more credit in the rock and roll world than they get. I'm not as much a music aficionado as you. Uh, but I would go overrated. I just always thought the hype around them mm-hmm. was greater than the product. I do find it uh, comical that they're about to put out a new record uh, next week, and the 65-year-old guitar player is still wearing the schoolboy outfit. Yeah. Doing doing the thing, you yeah. know? And I realize that's the shtick. That's the brand. But there comes a time. You're 65. Yes. There comes a time <laughs> where it becomes a little less believable. I would say, too, if you're a vinyl enthusiast, uh, if you're thinking about buying a record player, which people are in 2020, you know, for Christmas or whatever, Back in Black is a must-have in the collection. A must-have. Can I give you an athlete? Yes. Mark Grace. Mark Grace. You remember him, right? I've always wondered why he has not become the Chicago Cubs GM manager, whatever. I've always wondered why that name is not in that position. Well, he's had some problems with the law, quite frankly. He had a drinking problem, which was well documented during his time in Chicago, too. Yeah. It just, it wasn't talked about when he was a player, but he... Has he passed that, though? I believe he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he'll stay. The problem with Grace is, and I think it showed up on a game this year, uh, he was doing some games from his home in Arizona with the Cubs, and they would bring him in as kind of the third man in the booth, and occasionally he'd just say something off the cuff that was... I think I remember that, Chuck. Yes. So there's, you know, the safety net. Right. So that's why he's not going to be involved. Loose cannon. Yeah. But are we talking as a player? As though? a player, um, boy, underrated. I would say so because I don't think there was a tougher out in the '90s than Mark Grace. Okay, now he didn't play on very good teams very often, but 
you talk about a guy that seemed to battle every at bat and would come up with some clutch hits for some bad Cubs teams. Honestly, if it weren't for him, I'm not sure some of those Cubs teams in the 90s would have been watchable. And I got to I got to interview him. I covered spring training in 1989, I think. Okay. And we went down for spring training. We're doing interviews. So you're getting your Andre Dawson's, your Ryan Sandberg. And there was this guy as we would watch the games. He's wearing 63, which, you know, if you're wearing a number like that, you're not expected to make the roster. He's wearing 63, but you watch the games and he's just, he's getting hits. He's getting hits. I said, let's interview this guy. He might be something. Mark Grace. Wow. Okay. So you're going underrated? I'm going underrated. Yeah. All right. Let me volley one back. Sure. The United Center. How many times have you been there in the last 20 years? Not as often as you would think. Maybe twice. Oh, really? Two or three times. Oh, I thought yeah. you'd been. I'd say I'm in the 15 to 20 times. I've never been for a Bulls game at the United Center. I went to the old Chicago Stadium for a Bulls game. Okay. Um, I've been there two or three times for hockey games. And love it for hockey games, although I've never sat down low. I sit up, you know, in Peasantville mm-hmm. because I am. And It's interesting uh, that they put the bottom feeders up on the top. <laughs> yes. Um, but as far as seeing a sporting event at oh, that venue. It's a terrific atmosphere. So underrated? Um, Should be talked about in the, you know, the Market Square Arena, or no, I'm sorry, the Madison Square Gardens. No, the, no, because it, it doesn't have that tradition. Okay. It doesn't have that tradition. Yes, the Bulls won three of their titles at the United Center, and the Blackhawks have won three titles at the United Center. But it's been a long time, but it's, right? It, well, not for the Blackhawks, but for the Bulls it has been. And... To a certain extent, I think it's a little too big, if you know what I mean. Um, Seats 23,000 for a show? Part of the the charm, I think, of Chicago Stadium, even though it was old and decrepit and and had reached its time, was the fans seemed to be right on top of things. Okay. I don't get that sense at the UC. Okay. Now, you've gone mainly for concerts, right? Yes. I've seen many a show there. Uh, and it might be the fact that I'm in Chicago to see a show. I just think Chicago fans at a rock show are a blast to be around. Okay. Um, and if you know the science of getting in and out of that place, it's kind of easy. There's a great restaurant bar down the street that you can park in the parking garage for 7 bucks, but you get on their little short bus that takes you to and fro the show uh, for free. And that's the way to go because the traffic is kind of, and it's a rough part of town. Oh, it is. I mean, there, I mean, yeah. Call the hood. There have been many bad things that have yeah. happened outside. So the I Center. like I like getting out of there by the Michael statue, one block down. Get on the bus, takes me two miles up the road to that that restaurant, and I'm I'm on the highway. Very so good. I would say I would say I would say underrated. I'd say see a show there if you when we get to see shows again. Hopefully, sometime in 2021. I've seen you two there a couple times. I've seen uh, Sting, Peter Gabriel there, Coldplay, uh, Star Wars Symphony. Oh, Chuck Freebie. Oh, so good. 
You and Diane Freebie can go to that one. Rate, review, share with a pal. This is the Sports Yak Podcast. You're on Twitter, right? I am at 46 Sports, and you're there as well. I am at My Name is Corey. And I noticed this week that you've added an element that will go away probably for another four years. But, boy, your voting and poll logistics yesterday was a work of art. Thank you. You know, and and I was very honest with the people. I did not wake up yesterday saying, oh, this is going to be my thing. I'm going to tell people, you know, what polls have long lines. And I just was driving in yesterday on the bypass. I violated my own rule, and I took the bypass. <laughs> and I was driving in, and I drove by Jackson Middle School, and I saw the line was all the way out to the street. So I tweeted that. Well, for some reason, people took that as a dog whistle to – Basically, let Chuck know what the line is like at all your polling places. And behind the scenes, Dean here, you know, was in a two-hour wait down here at the Center Township Library. And then our buddy Pete Sampson, former guest of the Yak, you know, when we could have guests in the studio, uh, tweeted that it was five minutes in and out at Lincoln Elementary over here on the south side. So I thought, well, gosh, people would might want to know that. If I'm standing in line at Center Township... And I can tell I've got another hour to go. I can get in my car, go down to Lincoln Elementary, and be done by the time I would get semi-close. So it wound up being a thing, and people from Elkhart joined in, and it's like, okay, whatever. This will be. This is my role in life. I believe that the Holy Spirit has said, <laughs> this is what you need to do, tweet wait times at polling sites. I'd like you to segue that into gas prices. I always find that helpful, too. Well, there's an app for that, pal. Which, by the way, uh, old McKinley Highway and Mm -hmm. is it Ash or Beach? It's over there by that Walmart in Osceola. It's Ash. Yeah. I haven't seen gas that cheap in a long time. What did you see? 178 Oh, it's cheaper than that on the northwest side. On Is the it? economically impoverished northwest side of South Bend, it's a buck seventy-seven. So a penny. Uh, Diane got some. If you if you're a Costco Club member, which are you? No, no. If you're a Costco Club member, they I think their gas was a buck seventy-one. That that parking lot scares me. Oh, that place <laughs> scares me. Diane has a membership. Do you realize I can't use her card to go in there? By the way, only one family member per card. Or? She, if if we're going to buy something with her card, it has to be her. Wow, I mean that seems odd. Tight ship over there. Apparently at the big so. I mean they're putting out rules like I do for <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> and we would refer that to episode two forty seven. Thank if you. you want to know those. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Joe Tori. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.